0: 1 Peter chapter 3, and we're going to read verses 8 through to 12. All of you live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic, love as brothers, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. He must turn from evil and do good, he must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against all those who do evil. Father, we just pray for Andy as he comes to speak, that you would speak through him into each one of our lives this morning. Just bless him as he comes up. Amen. Good morning. It's great to see you. And uh, I. Th- as it says, uh, with, if we um, put the first one up, we're gonna look at communication relationships. And I was just looking for a few quotes, just uh, a few lines just to get us started on this topic and I came across these which uh, you might find interesting. The, the first was, the hardest part of any relationship is when it's not your turn to talk. I don't know if you relate to that. Uh, parents are embarrassed in front of their friends when their kids tell lies, but they're even more embarrassed when they tell the truth. I like this one. If I'd known the difference between the words antidote and anecdote, a good friend of mine might still be alive. And uh, I, I don't know if you've had problems with predictive text. I was, uh, I was chatting to someone the other day and they said this, that they unfortunately sacked someone when all they were doing was trying to ask them for a lift. I'm not quite sure how that came about, but um, predictive text can get you into lots of trouble uh, communicating in relationships. And uh, we communicate um, in all lots of different ways, and every one of us communicates depending really up, upon our personalities, uh, upon our backgrounds. And I came across a book that outlines several voices that there are, different types of voices, if you like, um, in the, with different people that are linked in some way to our personalities. And um, the first of those that he highlights is the, is the idea of a, of a nurturer voice, someone who, their priority is people, their priority is relationships, their priority is, is harmony and nurturing other people in all of that and then also there's the the creative voice Uh, the creative voice um, is always talking about the big dreams it's always talking about the future it's never satisfied with the status quo and it's wanting to change things and see things move forward uh, in all of that there's the voice of the guardian, the guardian is the voice that guards, um, it protects, it defends. Um, it's the voice that tries to keep everything on the right track. You know, it's the voice of security, uh, of consistency, and of stability. You know, it's the voice that asks the question, convince me that change is really necessary um, if we want to move forward uh, in something, the guardian. There's the connector voice. Uh, the Connector voice is great to have around, they like to make a party out of everything. They want to collaborate with people, they want to include people. Um, if there's a problem, they will tell you of someone or something that will help you, uh, a resource or a person that will help you solve that problem. They've always got a connection uh, somewhere uh, around. And uh, they want everybody to get as excited about this as I am, um, and they, they're connecting with people all the time, and that's the voice that they bring with, if you like, or speak with. And then there's the pioneer voice. The pioneer voice is always uh, talking about where we can uh, strategically move forward, um, how we can problem solve, you know, how can we achieve the biggest win and how can we get a winning team together so that we can do this. Um, and that's the, the pioneer voice. And these are great voices. These are great personalities that we all have and we need all of them uh, in our lives. But very often communication comes with the differences that are between them, the challenges um, that are there when they interact uh, one with another, and uh, so they go on. The authors go on to outline some of the communication weapons that these guys have, these people have, uh, because of their personality types. And so some of the weapons that we need to be aware of um, in our lives. Um, so this becomes because you know we know the phrase, you know, sticks and stones will hurt our bones. Uh, but words will never hurt me. Um, will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But words can hurt. Words can make a difference in a, in a, in a damaging way. And so th- these are just some sort of slightly slightly humorous uh, things, but they, the ways that our voice can be used like a splurge gun um, if we don't know how to use it properly. So for example, for the, um, the nurturer, the papally person, for them, their, their weapon is the first aid kit. So you can imagine you know, the army going forward, and as soon as someone gets injured, the medic stops. They want to help that person on the ground. And, uh, and so they actually, most of the time, how can that be a weapon? But they can emotionally blackmail. They can say, well, if they're going, I'm going. Okay, if you lose them, you lose me. And uh, they kind of put their own life uh, on the line with that. So that's the weapon that they sometimes use. For the creative, uh, the feeler type of creative, it's Hulk. Okay, they're very, very quiet. They're very, very quiet and then suddenly the fuse goes and it all blows up. Okay, suddenly they change into this monster and you didn't know where that came from because it just kind of blows up in their personality. For others, it's the, it's the sniper. Oh, going ahead of myself. Again, the creative person who's thinking it through and they've got a brilliant argument of why this idea is wrong. But they hold off, they hold off and then they shoot the idea down like a sniper. Um, The next one is the interrogator. This is the guardian. This is the person who will ask questions, endless questions. If you've ever been a parent, you will have been an interrogator at some point. Where were you? Who were you with? (laughs) Uh, Where did you go? When did you get in? And all of those kind of questions. But very often, the guardian type becomes the interrogator um, to an extreme The connector, they use cyberspace. So the connector's got 30,000 followers on Twitter. So as soon as they want to put something out, they will tweet it and they've got 30,000 people against you. You know, we've seen it in government recently with the kind of change in who's getting behind who um, with all the different leadership battles. And I think that's how gossiping works. You know, I'm gonna gonna put the word out along my whole network um, and that will be the weapon that I use, if you like. Or if you are the pioneer, then it might be Robocop, you know, maybe the shoulder-launched missile. And uh, they're quick thinking, they critique things very quickly and very confidently, and they may be right, but there's a lot of collateral damage as they blast out uh, the the idea that's maybe come about. So different ones of those, you may know people that are a little bit like that. Um, You may be able to recognize where you might be prone to yourself uh, in one of those. But they're just worth being aware of because there are dangers in how we communicate. We can, uh, we can use our voices and our words um, as weapons uh, in different ways. So how do we communicate well in relationships? And uh, Sarah read to us, um, this great little passage in Peter, and uh, it just highlights, and I just want to pick out a few words, circle a few words for us that we can take into our relationships this morning. Um, The word harmony, or in another version, like-mindedness. Harmony, sympathy, be sympathetic. Um, Compassion, be compassionate. Be humble, humility. uh, And love one another in amongst it all. I wanna take that first word, harmony. Because harmony is, the beautiful thing about harmony is it values the differences. You know, we've heard it this morning. You know, different voices, different instruments, different sounds that come together to make a beautiful sound. Now they could come together and make a complete discord and we're all, it's all grating on our ears. Fortunately it didn't, that was good this guy, so was very good this morning. We have harmony, but it values those differences. And very much in our relationships, people are looking for different things in a relationship. So here are just a, a different sets of combinations of things that people might be looking for. People might be looking for acceptance in a relationship or a, a affection uh, or appreciation. Um, or that sense of approval in their lives. Or it may be attention they're looking for. It could be comfort, that sense of empathy, um, somebody getting alongside them, encouragement. um, It might be respect. It might be security. Um, It could be that just practical support that they're looking for. People look for different things in a friendship, in a relationship, whatever type of relationship that might be. Now, what you're looking for in a relationship is generally what you're good at giving to another person okay so what 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 good relationship or what love looks like and feels like to you is generally how you express it to others so for example you might be looking for affection and approval and respect in a relationship all great things and you're probably very good at giving those too however the other person might be looking for encouragement and security and support and so if, if somebody's given these things and expecting them back and somebody else is giving these three different things, they can completely miss one another. Okay? They can completely think, well I'm, I'm loving this person, I'm expressing what good friendship looks like in this, but actually it's not what their language is, if you like. It's not what their expectation is. Neither ends up feeling cared for, neither ends up feeling loved or the benefit of that relationship. So Ruth, uh, my wife, uh, might come home from work and uh, we'll be chatting and she'll start talking about one of the issues at work. And I very quickly will start problem solving. So I'll tell her all these ideas and solutions that will solve this problem that I perceive. And she's not wanting problems solved. Okay? She's not wanting that, she just wants someone to listen to her, maybe encourage her in it. Um, and so she, we can get very frustrated uh, in that relationship because of that. So there needs to be harmony of the differences. And therefore there needs to be communication of what those needs are um, that we have. And then very careful listening and understanding of what the other person is looking for. We ask, we listen, we hear. What does love look like? What does, God, what does a good relationship look like um, for your spouse uh, or for your friend, or for your colleague or for each of your kids? And I guarantee it will be different for each one of your children if you have kids. So you might be looking for encouragement. You know, what does that look like? What encouragement looks like for you might be different for what it looks like for someone else. So what does encouragement look like? Tell us a time when you felt encouraged. Okay, what did that feel like? What happened? You know, I feel encouraged when you do this or when you say that. Or it might be support. I feel supported when you help with this or when you ask about that. You know, I feel your approval when you do this, but not when you do that. Um, I feel you're attentive when you notice and comment on such and such that I did. And so it's bringing harmony, like-mindedness uh, into those relationships. The other words that was there was sympathy, be sympathetic. And that's about entering into um, someone else's world. Entering into, stepping into their experience And really, that is probably what the heart of relationship is, is when you enter into someone else's domain, someone else's world uh, in all of that. And communication is obviously crucial to do that. Now, Ruth and I, very early on in our marriage, were asked two questions that proved to be pivotal. Um, And they were very simple questions. When is the best time that you communicate? And when is the worst time that you communicate? And we wrote down our answers, and then we had to come back and share what our answers were. So Ruth had written down, best time for communication, when we sit down for a meal together. right? Oops. I'd written down, worst time for communication, when we sit down for a meal together. Because for the first 10 minutes of a meal, I'm only interested in the food. Okay? People can say anything, and I'm not really listening. So apologies if I'm around your house, but um, that's a bit what I'm like. Okay, I'll listen after that, but to begin with, it's food. Now, I had the best time to communicate, okay, and I, okay, so I grew up in a, in a home where we would have this kind of custom, I suppose, which was, oh, does anyone want a cup of tea? Does anyone want to put a, put a brew on, put the, make a, put the kettle on, make a cup of tea? And that was code, family code for let's sit around the table and catch up. Okay, so we'd get married, and I'd say to Ruth, do you want a cup of tea, a cup of coffee? And she'd say, no, thanks, and I'm like, I'm completely lost <laughs> because she didn't want a cup of coffee, but she didn't understand that obviously I wanted to catch up and chat and stuff like that. So there we were, kind of completely missing one another uh, on those two, two very simple questions. And at verse 12 uh, in this passage talks about God's uh, relational communication. And it says this, it says that his ears are attentive. God's ears are attentive to our prayers. God understands what it means to be attentive. Unfortunately, we're glad that he is uh, when we pray to him. And so we need to find out when and how to best communicate in our relationships. You know, when are we and the other person most attentive and least attentive, and how can we improve on that? And for most relationships, but I'd say especially with kids, um, love is spelt T-I-M-E. Time. Okay? Most kids uh, want five minutes of devoted attention rather than five pounds to keep them quiet. Okay? That is ultimately what they're looking for. And having a conversation while you're, you've got the frying pan out and you're back to them isn't attention. It involves eye contact, it involves giving that devoted attention, and most relationships do. Eye contact's quite important in all of that. Being attentive uh, in all of that. Some other key words that we circled in verse eight be compassionate and humble. And humility means recognizing that we get it wrong a lot in our relationships. Um, and so there are aspects of relational communication that involve confession, you know, when we get it wrong, the hurt that we've caused. It involve forgiveness, forgiving others who perhaps have hurt us um, and things that we've felt in that. Um, and then the compassion side of it is about comforting others and comforting one another when there has been hurt in people's lives. I can remember uh, a good number of years ago going to, uh, with some university friends, and we were students, and I went to see my mum, who is an actress, in a show. So she was performing in the show. And we met her afterwards in the bar, and she had some of, her, some of the cast and colleagues were there as well. And uh, so we had a good time, we had a drink with them. And, but I discovered later on, without, any realisation that I had mortally offended her okay I'd had my feet up on the coffee table I'd been just a little bit too disrespectful and with her friends and her colleagues she felt embarrassed by it and me and my pals now no intent there at all but when I discovered how upset she was I was upset by that and so that was something that we dealt with I apologised we worked it through because um, because it had hurt her and very often, we don't realize when we're getting it wrong, but we need to apologize, confess when we get it wrong, forgive one another, comfort one another's hearts are all part of communication in relationships. Humility and compassion. Be compassionate and humble. Often there's, a, there's not a harmony of priorities um, between people, and often that's where conflict comes in relationship. So do we know and understand what the top priorities are of another person? And do we agree with their priorities or would we rather they were different? Have we had those conversations? Do we communicate at that level in really understanding one another and what what, what drives us and what our priorities might be? There was a guy who uh, worked in the the US. Um, He was based um, here in the UK. And he had to travel and commute a lot to the, the States uh, with his job, so he's a lot of flying, a lot of flight time, etc. And he was getting very, very tired of that, traveling, as you can imagine. And one night, he comes back and he says to his wife something about it. And he says, we're gonna have to move to the States. We're gonna have to move to the States. And then he fell asleep. She was up all night. She thought this was a decision. Okay, she was thinking through all of the complex interactions, all the relational ties, the family things, you know, the the, the spreadsheet of all her contacts, who would have to, all of the things. She had a terrible night. She woke up in the morning and she was incredibly upset. She was exhausted because she hadn't slept a wink. And he said, Oh yeah, 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 it's never gonna work, is it? And um, what he was just thinking aloud, she'd taken to be a decision. Um, and uh, a drastic decision at that. So there's a time to talk um, and there's times when not to. Probably last thing at night was probably not a good idea for that particular issue at that point. But we need to think about how we communicate with people and there's compassion is involved and when we communicate (laughs) with people is important. Now another aspect of um, communication is not just what we say but is also how it's heard. So I came across this picture, because very often we think something of what we want to say. Sometimes it comes out and it's not actually what we were thinking at all. Um, But more than that, even if what we say is what we were meaning, it's not heard in the way we expect it to be heard. And it gets scrambled in translation, and somebody hears something completely different of what was originally intended. Um, So a classic uh, for Ruth and I would be, I might come back from work and I'm thinking in my head, so I've got the straightforward, so I'm, I'm the one on the, on the, on the left here, okay, I've, I've, I'm thinking right. I'm thinking, have I got 15 or 20 minutes before tea where i maybe just check something online? Do something practical, I just need to check something. What comes out of my mouth is, um, uh, I, so I'll say, uh, when will tea be ready? 20 minutes? And what she might hear is, can you hurry up with tea? I'm starving, have I got to wait another 20 minutes before it's ready? And I'm thinking, how did that happen? That 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 is not what I intended to come out or say or be translated at all. And so we we hear things through different filters, um, again with our personality. So here are six filters that I want to look at that just help us understand how we hear, how we communicate, how we scramble things in our heads. So just imagine for a moment there are six people who've worked for a company for three years. And then the company hits recession, and as a result of that, they're gonna lose 400 employees. So a number of people are getting the, the redundancy, if you like. Six people, six different reactions to the same message. First of all, there's the polarizer. And for them, everything's black and white. There's no gray areas for the polarizer. So this is their reaction. So that's the decision, redundancies. Well, this company is obviously going down the drain. If they don't want me, then I certainly don't want them. That's the polarizer. The magnifier. They have a tendency to make a mountain out of a molehill. This is the worst thing that could possibly happen. My life is over. I am ruined. What am I going to do? The magnifier. Thirdly, there's the personalizer. And for them... It's got to be their fault. They've obviously done something wrong. It's got to be their fault, that's why it's happening. So they might say, I knew my boss didn't like me. Never did, he's been waiting to get rid of me all this time, what did I do wrong? The personalizer, The generalizer they interpret things with extreme words like always, never, devastated, um, very common. So this is their reaction. This was bound to happen. Sooner or later, big companies never care about their stuff. This always seems to happen to me. I will never keep a steady job. The generalizer. The emotional reasoner. And for them, they interpret feelings as facts. No matter what it says, no matter what they've heard, it's what they feel that counts, and that will be the the, the overarching uh, denominator. So for them, nah, don't talk to me about recession. I just feel there's something else going on here. It feels like they're not telling us the whole truth, and it doesn't matter what they say, the emotional reasoner. And then sixthly, the minimizer. Significant, big events are never really dealt with. That's nah, no big deal, you know, if these things happen, no need to even talk about it. What's done's done. Not much we can do, it'll be okay, it'll be okay. Move on. <laughs> Now all of these are unhealthy reactions or filters that we hear through and we we interpret through what people say to us and what we think other people say to us. And you might have recognized someone there, okay? But also maybe you've recognized something of yourself in there. Which ones of those do you find yourself prone to uh, in the way that you hear things? And obviously certain combinations of those Um, can be particularly stressful. Imagine a magnifier and a minimizer having a conversation. There's gonna be a lot of friction and stress and frustration there. And I think these things are actually quite hard to correct on your own also. Um, We find it very difficult. We need the support of others to help us to rethink and reframe how we interpret things and talk about helpful, helpful ways in which we can support one another in that. I have seen texts in my family in particular and emails and somebody said to me, oh, you, you won't believe what they said. I said, what did they say? And They said, well, they said this. I said, well, let me see the text. And you look at the text, and you think, well, no, it doesn't say what you think it says. And in fact, it so obviously doesn't say what you think it says. If you reread it again, you'll see. Reread it again. And they've reread it, and they still think it says what they think it says, even though it doesn't. So strong is the emotional filter on what we expect somebody to say that we can't hear what they actually say so, so often. And I've seen it with emails uh, and many, many things uh, like that. So as we come to a close uh, this morning, are we aware of the, the weapons, if you like, are, are, that our voices can be? And, uh, and how to just put the safety latch on those, those weapons, if you like, the Robocop, or the sniper, or the interrogator, Hulk, uh, put it around the network, or the medic overprotecting. Secondly, do we we really listen attentively to uh, our loved ones? Do we give them time, T-I-M-E? Do we understand what they need in a relationship? Do we have the vocabulary to, to have those conversations of what does love look like? What does friendship look like? What expectations do you have? Do we know when we are the most attentive and when we are the least attentive and the other person? Is there humility to confess when we get it wrong, to uh, forgive uh, when we're hurt, and the compassion to uh, comfort when we see, you know, when we go through stuff like that. And do we understand the filters that we have when we listen and that other people have so that we can begin to talk these things through and move these things forward? Let's pray together. Maybe the bands could come back up. Father, we want to thank you this morning just for that simple line that says that you are attentive. Your ears are attentive to our prayers. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you're a a relational God, that you model this for us, that you call us to this, but that you are attentive, Lord. We thank you that you're a God who stepped into our world, that you took the first initiative towards us when you came onto this planet as Jesus entered into our worlds so that we can know you. And Father, we pray that by your spirit, Lord, and with your encouragement, um, that in all the relationships that you've given us, that you've blessed us with, Lord, that you would help us to grow them and to improve them and that you would just give us something of of your ability to communicate, your ability to enter into one another's worlds. That would bring just an enormous blessing in our lives. Lord, we pray that you help us have conversations out of here with our nearest and dearest uh, and our families, our wider families, and be in those conversations and bring safety to them. In Jesus' name.